Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is Episode 6, where we're discussing The Moth, Episode 6 from Season 1 of Lost. Come here. Let me show you something. What do you suppose is in the cocoon, Charlie? I don't know. A, a butterfly, I guess? No, it's much more beautiful than that. That's a moth cocoon. It's ironic butterflies get all the attention, but moths, they spin silk. They're stronger, they're faster. That's wonderful, but... You see this little hole? This moth's just about to emerge. It's in there right now, struggling. It's digging its way through the thick hide of the cocoon. Now, I could help it. Take my knife, gently widen the opening, and the moth would be free. But it would be too weak to survive. Struggle is nature's way of strengthening it. Now, this is the second time you've asked me for your drugs back. Ask me again, and it's yours. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this sixth episode of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I am Evan. And I'm Anton. And we are glad you guys are with us. We're going to be discussing The Moth, which is the sixth episode of the first season of Lost, and it is a Charlie-centric episode. I have to admit right up front, I didn't pull a whole lot of out, of the, out of this episode. I have There are some reasons why I, I don't like this episode very much. It's probably one of my least favorite ones. So I'll let you start us off with some conversation points. Okay, yeah. Actually, you know, it's, it's, I think it's kind of cool that uh, we have different perspectives here because actually I really like this episode. Really? Yeah. And, <laughs> awesome, uh, sweet. And I pulled uh, probably more notes on this one than I did any other one. So oh, cool. There's probably, there's probably a reason for like, you know, that like you said, you like it for, you dislike it for a dis- uh, reason, I like it for a certain reason. So. Sure, sure. Well, take us away. Yeah. Um, okay, like you said, Charlie, okay, this is the focus of this episode and um, – you know, we get to see him start going through his detox and mm-hmm. uh, the struggles with that and how, I mean, how true that is. And, you know, in real life, people struggling with addictions and the detox. Mm-hmm. And I, I, for one, I just think that uh, the character was portrayed so well uh, right. in his struggles. Mm-hmm. And um, in the beginning of, the, of this episode, you see Locke, um, what I thought, Locke asked, uh, he looked over at Charlie and he asked Charlie and he says, do you want to go for a walk? You know, and I thought... Locke is helping him out during this, uh, you know, this time of yeah. detox. Sure, yeah. Well, next thing you see, you see uh, old Charlie out walking through the uh, jungle, and then a wild boar starts chasing him. Right. He runs, and he he gets, you know, he gets almost to the point where this boar's about to get him, and a net comes up out of nowhere and grabs the, uh-huh. you know, the boar, and Locke says, good job, Charlie. <laughs> you were great bait. And I'm like... yeah. Yeah, I know. That's so cold. Like, yeah. And I couldn't even tell, like, if Charlie knew he was being used as bait. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Locke basically gets this boar running after Charlie. And, well, I guess, I mean, he had to have known, would have to have known which direction Charlie was going to go in yeah, to know where to put the trap. Mystery of Locke again, you know. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I guess maybe he foreseen. Yeah, you know, who he knows? He foresaw where, the, where Charlie was going to run. That's true. Yeah, I mean, or he led him in a certain direction or right, something. But right. it was just kind of like one of those moments where you're going, oh, cool, Locke's going to help you know, yeah. somebody. And then you're like, guy. oh, yeah. he's so weird. <laughs> 
But yeah, um, I think that the big thing for me in this uh, episode was just the uh, this getting to know uh, Charlie's character. I mean, he has been through a lot, mm-hmm. and um, uh, outside of what I do here with you, I work with a, a lot of students and um, that get lost in these types of addictions. And um, so I think for me, that's why I probably personally connected with it so much more is because I could kind of feel what Charlie Mm -hmm. was going through. And even just the the external struggles that he had with his family right. uh, and things like that. Um, so I, there, to me, there's a lot to dive in here uh, with right. it, with Charlie's characters. So. We can get back to Charlie in a minute. Um, one thing I noticed in this episode that wasn't really about Charlie was uh, there was a scene toward the beginning where, you know, Jack tells Kate that he doesn't know why she just won't go with him to the caves. He quickly right. co- corrects himself, of course, and says, yes. go with us to the caves. That's right. Um, but there's uh, clearly a connection forming between Jack and Kate, at least from Jack's perspective. Yes, yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Um, I mean, obviously there's something going on there. I mean, uh, I think that uh, what was interesting during that part was when she her rebuttal was that she, you know, was afraid that they wouldn't be rescued, you know, that right. she wanted to stay there because she believes that they were going to get off this island, unlike those that were there before them. Right, right. You know, and at that point, uh, Kate... It says it's. I got you know. You gotta have. I have faith. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And um, so we have faith as another theme. As I say, to the faith island. was big uh, in the in this uh, episode. And one of our previously mentioned mysteries was finally brought up again. I think since the pilot, we hear about the uh, something related to the trans, the French lady's transmission yeah. again. Um, Saeed makes preparations to uh, set up some equipment so he can find out exactly where the distress call is coming from. Right. So they are working a little bit on giving us some answers to this mystery of the distress call. Yeah. Uh, but still no definite answer. No, definitely not. Um, actually, um, what's going on with Kate's character there, um, as Saeed and her are, are going out, uh, I think it's, uh, in this episode where, where, um, Kate, she gets, she gets a little, um, testy again with uh, uh, with uh, with Saeed and yeah. and Sawyer at Sawyer at one point because uh, Sawyer uh, is with her and and Saeed because I don't trust you trust him around you yeah and she says don't worry I can handle him I can handle him yeah yeah I actually made a point about that same scene we'll get to a little bit later yeah um, the next thing we see about Charlie was was a really good insight into his past um, mm. we see Charlie just before drive shaft hits it big oh yeah. Um, it's clear that the temptations of the band, you know, the band life are somewhat, you know, at odds with his religious conviction. Right. Um, he decided to leave the band, but couldn't follow through, you know, once he finds out that they've been signed to a recording contract. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're on the verge of their big breakthrough. And we also find out that, you know, Charlie's brother, Liam, um, began doing heroin first. Yes. You know, finally, after a bad argument with his brother, Liam, we were basically, you know, we're told or he's told. Um, that he's not an important part of the band. He's yeah. expendable. Yeah. And that's when finally he decides to start using himself. Sort of like, and it fits into the theme of this episode where Charlie's feeling left out, yeah. unneeded, which, you know, we find out that's basically what started his addiction. Right. Yeah, a, a lot of my notes come from his story. And uh, one thing that I picked up was that when he Charlie was, you know, in confession and he was talking to the priest, mm-hmm. uh, the priest says, we all have temptations, right? but we all have a choice rather to follow them in those direction of those temptations or not, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, right after that is an ultimatum put before Charlie. Yeah, ex- right after exactly his confession. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's so, you know, and he chose, 
you know, even when he gave his brother some guidelines, he chose yeah. that lifestyle. And, uh, he, you know, I think that now with Locke and the scene after that, he's faced again with that choice. Mm-hmm. Will I choose the easy way of heroin right, right. now mm-hmm. or will I sh- you know, suffer through this, you know? And, right. And take the guidance that Locke gave him in, in the opening clip that we heard. Yeah. Um, the scene we just mentioned a minute ago where Kate is with Sawyer and Saeed. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, you know, the scene where, you know, Sawyer comes over to tell Kate about Jack's emergency, you know, it was rather annoying to me. It's another example where, you know, in the past, Kate has been more than willing to tolerate, you know, Sawyer's antics. Yeah. However, you know, conveniently this time when Sawyer's actually there to give her information about a really important disaster, mm. you know, the writers decide to turn Kate into this really cold person, you know, that basically snubs Sawyer outright, even though he hasn't really done anything to make her mad, up, you know, at this point. Right. And it's it was just annoying to me to see one more inconsistency with the way they're portraying Kate's character. Yeah, I honestly, at that point, when she did that, I thought, like like you're mentioning here, I thought, either this is just a bad spot in the writing yeah. or, or what. I mean, up until this point, I really just loved everything but i was just like that is so uncharacteristic of her yeah and then i maybe almost think that okay well it's intentional they're writing this way exactly it's it's another case where they are shifting the character their her nature in order to create a dramatic effect in the episode and it gets it gets i think it gets a lot better later on but you can tell right now they're still kind of feeling out exactly what these characters are like they're still trying to give you hints about the personalities of the character without giving us the actual facts of what happened. So there's some shaky ground there. I'm sure they're having to walk on really softly, but it's another example of out of the blue, her behaving in a way that is so inconsistent with her character. Yeah, it was, it was really, I mean, for one, the fact that we, you know, the disaster ends up happening that actually Soria had a break that he was actually going to go do something that was good for them. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he said that he knew where to find them, you know, and he would go find them and give them the news. Right. And immediately she shuts that down, you yeah. know? And in this case, I really didn't blame Sawyer. I mean, yeah, he could have been the big man and said, right. you know, I know you're being a jerk, but Jack's in trouble. You right. Know? <laughs> but she was so harsh. Like, I'm not so sure I wouldn't have done the same thing. Like, right. Well, all right, then, you know, I just wanted to let you know that I'm a jerk. Yeah, exactly. See you later, exactly. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah, I thought that was, a. I mean, on his part, that's probably what you, you would want to do at that time. So, yeah. Well, later on in the episode, Charlie goes to visit Liam. This is in a flashback, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at this point, the band, they're basically has-beens. You know, Charlie is looking for a way to get them back on the road and together. Um, you know, Liam has since moved on and has a family, and he's no longer using drugs and, and isn't really interested in getting back into that lifestyle. Right. You know, Charlie is now hooked on heroin, and, you know, and feels abandoned because his brother has cleaned up and he's yeah. still kind of left in the trenches. And, uh, you know, Charlie blame, blames his brother for his addiction. And, you know, Liam offers to allow him to stay there to clean up. But again, Charlie turns away the help. Yes, most definitely. I mean, like we, you see this theme of just choices for mm-hmm. Charlie, you right. know, which I mean, we all do have these choices that we make in life. And, you know, some of them are good and some of them are bad. And, uh, you know, Charlie in this, in these particular scenes are just, is choosing this awful lifestyle just because he's so lonely, you know? And mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, at one point in this episode, Jack tells Charlie, we don't need you right now. Yeah. You yeah. know? 
And um, before that, in stark contrast, as we talked about whenever Liam was talking to Charlie, he's like, we can't do this without you. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you are a drive shaft. You yeah. are a drive shaft. And then <laughs> yeah. a few scenes later, he's saying, uh-huh. you're nothing without Nobody drive shaft. Nobody cares about the bloody cares. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so he's in his he's in his identity crisis, you uh-huh. know, where he has no idea who he is, you know, and um, he he he. I mean, it's so the scene where he chooses to start using heroin is so just depressing to me. Oh, it is, yeah. You know, it's like he was sitting there, he pushes the bottle of alcohol away, mm-hmm. but then he sees the heroin there, and he's like, "Why not? Yeah, I right. have nothing." Mm-hmm. You know, and he he turns to this, and then you know, as we see a story unfold, it's just it owns him. And in this case too, it's not just him turning to heroin because um, his life is terrible. No, it's like right now he is completely on the outside because his brother and you know probably everyone else in the band is doing this, and right. he's not. And so therefore, he's on the outside. He's looking at everything from a totally different perspective than they yeah. are. And this is a way for him to get. The back feeling in. like he's part of the group again. Yep, back in, you know. And, um, I mean, like I said before, I mean, I definitely see this. in. And I, I told my wife this last night, at, you know, after we watched this episode. I was like, this episode was so true to, mm-hmm. to people, you know, people in general. I mean, people that really suffer from these types of things. Is right. That they, a lot of times, you know, amazing, and probably pretty much all the time, amazing people, mm-hmm. bad circumstances, and they choose to go with, the flow for the moment and right. they get wrapped up in it, you know, yeah. and that's why, was, that's why it was just so heartbreaking for yeah. me to see Charlie. In that's this. a good point. You, you choose the the path that seems to be the best at the moment. Right. You don't realize that that one single choice that seems insignificant has a huge impact on the rest of your life. That's Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a great point. Well, we can move on a little bit here. Um, the next thing I had was actually a, uh, another part of the mystery of the show. Um, you know, Saeed is finally ready to triangulate the signal. And just when he's ready to do it, he's hit over the head from behind. Mm-hmm. You know, um, who could have attacked him and why? You know, I remember some of the people saying at this time when the show was on in the first season that it was the French woman, maybe. That maybe this French woman is still on the island. Yeah, you know, that to me, though, immediately I thought John Locke. Yeah. Immediately. I mean, it could, it, you know, could still, well, I guess the two that I had in mind was the French lady uh, or somebody else outside of their clique that's mm-hmm. there on an island uh, or John Locke. And John Locke was my first, uh, first What thoughts. What do you think would motivate John Locke to, to do that, though? John's the only one that wants to be there. True. You know? I mean, yeah. but we have, I mean, we know the French woman is... Well, she's, I guess she could be dead actually by now, but the transmission was, you know, 16 years ago. She right. could have since died by not getting any food. But, I mean, we have some indication that there could be other people on this island. Yeah, that could probably, you know, be the case as well. But the thing with me was Locke has, of all the people that's uh, we know is there, um, has the most to lose if they are rescued. And uh, mm-hmm. my, my wife actually, as soon as... As soon as we saw the episode, and as soon as that happened, as soon as uh, they they uh, Saeed got hit, she said it was John Locke. Really? Know, immediately. That's, and I that thought, was her initial initial thought. thought. Yeah, and that, and that was my initial thought as well. Huh. Um, and it's just because I think honestly, I'm I'm just really really like weirded out by his character, and I feel like he's the most suspicious, even though he got Sawyer. Yeah, that's true. I bet. I mean, I guess when I watched it for the first time, I was looking for more mystery in the show. Yeah. So the first thing that I thought is. 
who in the heck else is on this island that just hit Saeed over the head? Yeah, you know, and, so. and maybe we'll figure that. Maybe that'll <laughs> that'll happen too. I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely interesting because. Uh, you know, I didn't expect that to happen at all. I figured his battery would die or something mm-hmm. like that would happen, but no, he gets clobbered. Yeah. What else did you have from the episode? Well, um, this is a, th- at this point, whenever Charlie gets done telling, I'm going back to Charlie here that, um, you know, Jack says, we don't need you and stuff like that. Uh, Charlie goes in and has a, you know, a little talk, so to speak with Jack and he starts yelling at him and saying, you know, who are you to treat me like a kid? And, you know, and who are you to, yeah. you know, go, you know, go off in this and, uh, and the cave collapses right uh, around them. Um, Charlie walks out immediately after the, uh, the, the rocks fall, which I thought was kind of interesting that he yeah. was in the cave, everything falls and he comes walking out from the dust. But, um, uh, Jack is stuck uh-huh. inside there. And, um, it, to me, it just was very interesting that, that, for one, he made it out without any scratch, you know, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and Jack's stuck in this cave, right. you know. I mean, we'll think a minute, though, how the episode would have turned out if Charlie was also in the cave when it collapsed. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't get his redemption for being able to go in and rescue See, Jack. though, that's my point. I think, to me, again, it's the island thing. I think yeah. that it was like oh, that's true. Some, some, I, some, for some reason it set him up. It creates the circumstances yeah. so he can, he that can was really m- rise to the occasion. Right. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. I mean, had uh-huh. had Jack made it out, or had Charlie stayed in, it wouldn't have worked. Um, so you got this situation, um, and then you see Michael come running in, mm-hmm. and you know they find out that the, the this is collapsed, and he starts giving a little bit of his history. He's like, "Hey, I've got this many years in construction. You know, we can't dig there. We have to dig over here." And one thing I picked up on the reason I bring this up is because he starts pulling his rocks off, and he's just busily you know telling people what to do and doing all this stuff, and you get a picture of walt and walt smiles for the first time at his yeah dad. that's that's awesome yeah i didn't notice that yeah he gives him a smile like he's proud of uh-huh. him you know for that first moment and I, I i noticed that you know and uh that his dad was taking charge right. you know and i think that's also the first tidbit we get on michael yeah that's the first right. time other than knowing that you know he wasn't in walt's life that's the first thing we actually learn about michael's past yeah. being in construction yeah and then right after that you see charlie out in the woods and he goes and he finds john Locke, which has got some this pig that was you know, he's like slain you know and it's, <laughs> it's a disgusting scary image and and he he looks at uh charlie and, and this is the the little sound bite we had yeah mm-hmm. and uh he says you know i will let you know that's that's twice that you've asked me you right. know and uh he takes him right around the corner and he shows him the cocoon of the mom yeah, right you know and the uh, he tells him, tells him this <clears throat> amazing story. Uh, it's awesome. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. <laughs> and you know that the butterfly gets all of the attention, uh-huh. but the moth is much better because right. it, it's stronger because of what it, it does, overcomes. Yeah. It overcomes yeah. it, spins silk and does all this stuff. And, uh, he said, you know, at one point he says, I could take this knife and I could, I could open it up yeah. and I could set that moth free, mm-hmm. but it's struggle is what makes it stronger. I would really like to know, like if that's kind of a common, you know, metaphor story that they tell to like kids in elementary school, or if it's like, because I've never heard anything like that. I have not either. I've never heard that example used in such a great way. I mean, it's the perfect explanation of the value that comes from a struggle in life. And and I've, (laughs) I mean, I've sat through a lot of sermons and I've never heard anything of that quality. Well, like I said, you know, in my, my work outside of here, when I saw this episode, 
I knew immediately that I would reference this at some point because kids uh-huh. watch this this show and, and and plus they can relate to it and I right. would use that because it is so good and mm-hmm. so real. Uh, my some of my str- strengths are in direct reference and, and and because of my weaknesses in my past. Yeah, I've had exactly. to go through certain things in That's order. That's awesome. You know, and uh, so I I look at this and then. Um, after this, we we see Charlie going. Uh, this the, he has a flashback of going back and seeing his brother. That's cleaned up his life. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's after that. And uh, one thing I picked up, and I'm just the only reason I bring this up because it kept because we talked about how we see certain scenes that are kind of they make you see something. Right. Number house number fifty two, the house that his brother lived in. Uh-huh. was on the scene probably three or four times and it's big big letters that you normally wouldn't see on a house <laughs> see, I and they, notice, and they notice it i noticed it like three or four times and i was like okay maybe it's just some kind of you know coincidence but there's 52 52 52 52 you know really? and i drive it home about three or four times you know and that scene even he goes inside the house the door closes and they're still on the outside of the house with door 52 you really? know yeah and um i like i said could be completely random but it's a, something that i picked up on and then um, after that, and after that story with Locke, Charlie goes back and he says, I'll go after Jack. Mm-hmm. And he starts pointing out to everybody, you have this, you have a wife, you have a kid, you have all these things. I have nothing. Right. You know, and instead of choosing, I have nothing and choosing heroin. Right. He says, I have nothing. I'll choose somebody else. I'll choose mm-hmm. the right. And he starts making a, a change in his character at that point that he's going to start making good decisions. Right. He goes in and starts going through this tunnel, mm-hmm. you know, after after Jack. And there's a little bit of a rumble going happens and the the little hole that they dug collapses again. Right. And they get but at the the next scene you see that he's actually inside of the little uh, area with Jack. Mm-hmm. And they have this moment where they're just there and they're just real and and he's real with Jack and he says, you know, that you know, he used to go to confession that remind him of confession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jack told him, he goes, I don't take you, I didn't take you for a religious man. And he's like, well, I'm no saint. And Jack says, well, I'm not, I, I'm not either. Right. You know, and they kind of have this, this real moment and, and, and Jack reaffirms him. Mm-hmm. He's like, you, you made a decision to come in here after me. Yep. And he says, I'll, you know, makes a little joke. He goes, I'll never forget it. And then Charlie goes for me for the rest of our lives, which yeah. could be moments, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but they're sitting there. And I'm going on about this because they're, it's their cocoon. Yeah. yeah that definitely. cave is their cocoon. And they're sitting in there and, and they're entrapped and they could give up, mm-hmm. you know, or. And yeah, exactly. Go ahead, go, you're going you to say something no, else? Go ahead. Go ahead. Say, or the other people could have got to them and let them out. Uh-huh. But the struggle that Charlie had to get in and the little hole he finds. Right. You know. He finds that little hole and he fights to get out of that cave yep. himself. And also, you know, just as the cocoon strengthens the moth when it's ready to come out, Jack gave Charlie that affirmation. Oh, yeah. He gave him that experience of the praise That's right. after he had gone in there, you know, risked himself yep. to help Jack. Yep. And Charlie comes out of that cave, you know, a different person. Oh, most definitely. You know, and I thought it was just even cool because, you know, the way the cocoon was set up, there's this little hole at the top. Uh-huh. And, you know, he looks up, he sees a moth yep. and he's like, wait, you know, <laughs> and he, and he follows it up and he, he says, I think I see a hole, you know, he starts digging, he comes out this little bitty hole uh-huh. out of the top of this, you know, whatever cave, yeah. you know, and, uh, he, like you said, he walks back in and Jack immediately says, 
Charlie got rescued us. Right. Charlie saved us. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. you're awesome, Charlie. And you can just see it was a, a change in his heart. You know, it strengthened strengthened him to a point where he felt like he could he could right. do something. Mm -hmm. You know, and he did matter. Yeah, and it really did totally change Charlie's character. I mean, obviously, at the end of the episode, we see, you know, he approaches Locke for the third and final time, yeah, and asks for his drugs. And you know, you're positive that this is it. Yeah, you know, he did a great thing today, but he just couldn't kick it. Yeah, and then he takes it, throws it in the fire. He's done with it. Yep. You know, kind of his final act of proving himself yeah it was right after and actually he's sitting there and he's like i mean really struggling with this you mm -hmm. know detox and and um the jack uh tells hurley that he's just got the flu yeah and he kind of looks up at him and he gets up and i thought for <laughs> sure i was like oh please don't do it charlie uh -huh. he goes over and he asks him for it you know and he he grabs it and he made his choice and he throws the rest of his drugs into the fire mm -hmm. and um and Locke looks at him at that point and says, I'm proud of you, Charlie. And, yeah. then, and then he said something that was kind of eerie to me. He says, I always knew you could do it in a very godlike manner. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, I've always known you could do it, Charlie. Yeah. You know, and it was like, man, this dude is, you know, really just his words and the way he he talks is like he has got way more, like we keep saying, way more insight than the five days that they've been on island. Yeah, definitely. You know, always is not a term I would use if I knew somebody for four days, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's definitely one more tally, you know, for the, uh, or one more tick to the mystery of John Locke. Yeah. Um, what, what excited me about this episode, I think the only reason I've never liked it much is just because I've, I feel like this one's, I've, I've probably haven't seen it any more than any of the other episodes in the right. first season, but it's like every time I watch it, it gets harder and harder to sit through. It's like, Maybe it's just because we find out so much about Charlie's character yeah. that I have trouble hearing this same part of his character over and over. Right. But, but I mean, regardless, I, I like this episode because, you know, up to this point, um, the only part of his past they've really explored is his addiction. Right. You know, we get some of the band and some of that stuff, but all of that is kind of tied to the addiction as well. Yeah, well, most definitely. And so it's, it kind of opens up the possibility for them to look at new areas yeah. or other areas. Of yeah, Charlie's life. Definitely. Cause I mean, right for up until this point, there was nothing that we could have found out about him. Cause mm -hmm. he was so, I mean, other than the fact that he's a likable guy, right. You know, but outside of that, his addiction just ran his life, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, so, what else did you have from the episode? Anything? You know, honestly, that's, that's the, the biggest part of it. The thing with me was, uh, um, the whole idea that, uh, you know, this man, you know, is struggling so much and that he is, he is fighting with this internal struggle and, and he's, he's fighting with a physical addiction and that he actually has a redemption story. Uh, yeah. that's why I think I love, loved it so much, uh, because it's, it's, it's true in life. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, the only other thing I actually drew from it was that there's an, obviously a strong connection from Sawyer to Kay and mm -hmm. Jack to Kay, right. you know, and, you know, outside of that, very, uh, Charlie driven episode. And, yep. uh, I really liked it a lot. Cool. Well, I think that ends our discussion for The Moth, which is episode six of season one. We will next week be covering the next two episodes. I know the next one is Confidence Man. I don't remember what the next one after that one is. But uh, just to let everyone know, we are planning to do two episodes per week. So if you um, want to start watching season one or if you've just started watching season one, 
you can keep up with us. We did have a couple of people tell us that they've gone back to watch, rewatch season one and follow along. So we welcome you to do that as well. Like I said, next week we'll be doing two more episodes, starting with Confidence Man. So you all have a great day, and we will talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. Hopefully we'll see you in a week or less. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can go sign up and become part of the community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us with your questions or comments at info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, your message, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.